When I tell you this offense has a chance to be the electric company, do you remember that old PBS show, The Electric Company, or am I showing my age? They have a chance to be extremely special, and consensus is building. We'll talk about that. Plus, we know the names of the three players headed up to Nashville next week for SEC Media Days. Stick around. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there, please. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're going to go ahead and start off. The names of the players headed up to Nashville this fall has been released. It is DeAndre Prince, Quinshawn Judkins, and Cedric Johnson's. Johnson, that will be our player reps. And honestly, this is a three that is a perfectly suited thing. The only thing that I wanted was for Jackson Dart to go in this quarterback thing to be over. But I guess we get to continue that all the way through the fall as well. But. Quinshawn, best running back in the country. He almost has to be there. It's almost It was a free space that Quinshawn was going to go to SEC Media Days. DeAndre Prince, he was in that class of 2019, I think it was, with like John Rice and Snoop Connor and those guys. He's been around for a little bit. He is, he is well-versed with the media. I expect him to do really well. And Cedric Johnson's just an all-around solid dude. You can trust him to do whatever he needs to do. He is going to be a great ambassador for the University of Mississippi. And all three of them, I think, will do a fantastic job when they get in front of the media next week in Nashville. But as talking season has started, um, I guess we can just look into what they will bring to the scenario. I think Steve Spurrier always referred to it as talking season, but I do think those three athletes will be very impressive and represent the university very well. All right. The normal topic that we were going to have on this show today is that more and more experts are starting to look at this offense and look at this Ole Miss football team as something they should pay attention to. Part of that is, is because the offseason, part of that is because the roster has been finalized. There's been people that came up with hot takes in January that in June, it absolutely doesn't um, translate. Heck, we can talk about the way we were at the end of spring. It doesn't necessarily translate. You remember from spring training, I told everybody, do not look at big picture stuff out of this. It needs to be looked at as one-on-one -on -one matchups and individual players that got better. That is how you view spring practice because of a situation just like this. And the offense has a chance to be hyper elite. I like that word, hyper elite. And this is from Pro Football Focus, where he listed projected starters on the Ole Miss offense of Jackson Dart, Quinshawn Judkins, Zachary Franklin, Trey Harris, and Caleb Prescorn. And the in the tweet in the body, it says, this Ole Miss offense has some playmakers, all capital letters, and eyes at the end of it. And they do. And the important thing to realize this, we also put up Brad Logan because Quinshawn Judkins is on there and it says 2023 Heisman Trophy candidate. And Brad is absolutely correct about that. We like to do what we can for Brad Logan because 
I think he's a good dude, and he does a good job with the university as well. So you'll see his stuff on here from time to time, and we're working on ways that we could integrate him um, in the future. But yeah, Brad is probably my favorite Ole Miss beat writer at the moment. Not necessarily the best or anything like that, but just my favorite one. In fact, whenever I get information, I usually give it to him anyway. So if you look at this other one, you got um, that SEC podcast talking about is Ole Miss an SEC contender? Question mark. You got SEC West contender down there from Southeastern 14. And this is important to realize because this is a step up from where we were a few months back. Now, I do realize, and you can't help it, the people that are immersed in the middle of what's going on, that's part of the reason I didn't move to Oxford and I moved to Florida, is to be completely separated from the internal workings of the um, organization. You get lost. You cannot see the forest for the trees type situation. And one of the things that everybody that covers Ole Miss football does is look at all the warts. And everything, you see it every day, it's always going to pop up. And you worry about your schedule and all of this is happening. But the thing that people need to realize is this is all going on in other places too. And when we do the Auburn preview, I'm going to probably pick Auburn in that game because of everything that I know that Hugh Freeze is doing for that game. But then I'm going to look at the pieces that Auburn has and I'm going to look at the schedule that Auburn has. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I may still pick Auburn in that game, and I'll explain why. Um, but other schools have that issue as well. This offense, Quinshawn Judkins, Jackson Dart has a chance to be very good. If he takes the step that we all think he is taking, this year has a chance to be a really good year in Lane Kiffin's second year in the offense. Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris were all Conference USA wide receivers. Zachary Franklin rewrote the record books at UTSA as a receiver. This is a big-time playmaker. And the weakness for Jackson Dart last year was over the middle. We've harped on that over and over and over again. Zachary Franklin is a contested catchmaker. Trey Harris is a contested catchmaker. And Caden Priestcorn is a middle monster and contested catchmaker. So, the offense is being fit together in a way to make them the most effective possible. Now, I ask the question all the time. It's like, hey, is this going to be the same offense that we saw in 2022? And that was the one where Quinshawn Judkins got nearly 1,600 yards, the second um, all-time freshman rushing total um, behind Herschel Walker, which that's no sad place to be. He beat Nick Chubb. Is the offense going to look the same as it did last year? And I don't know that it will. I think a lot of that is going to be because of the weapons on the outside and at tight end is greater than what we had a year ago. Um, the Zach Evans is not in that backfield. I, I do think that going from Evans to Ulysses Bentley, who was in that backfield last year, is a little bit of a downgrade. So you might have a season where Quinshawn has a better year than he had in 2022, but he ends up with like 1,200 yards rushing, maybe 15 touchdowns. Still very impressive. Still only about 300 yards from the Ole Miss career rushing mark, by the way, um, because I think if he rushes for the same total he rushed last year for, he would either be he'd be real close to that mark in two years. So 
I think Quinshawn's going to do great. And I think different parts of his game, they're going to open up. They're going to open up his pass catching ability. You're going to see him on the outside a little bit, his development. I think Kevin Smith is going to help him. Jackson Dart getting the ball out of his hand. That was his big problem last year was holding on to the football too long and taking unnecessary hits. I think he gets it out quicker this time. I think they process stuff a little bit quicker and the offense works as well. And plus you have, I, I, I really like Jonathan Mingo and Malik Keith. So please do not take this the wrong way. I think we are upgraded at wide receiver this year. Jonathan Mingo, for as physically talented as he was, for whatever reason, disappeared in games. And every night, like against Vanderbilt, he would get 400 yards receiving. And then he, the next week, he'd go three for 20. Now, part of that is the unselfishness of his character. And all of these are good things. But part of it is Ole Miss just didn't have an alpha dog in that room. And I think Ole Miss is going to have an alpha dog in the room this year. Now, Michael Trigg as a backup behind Caden Priestcorn. If you looked at those playmakers, and I'll, I'll put it up again, the playmakers again, Dart, Judkins, Franklin, Harris, and Priestcorn, you could add Michael Trigg in there. You could add Aiden Williams in there. You could add Braylon Brown in there. Um, Ulysses Bentley, there's, there's a two deep on that offense that they have not had. So that is something everybody needs to keep an eye on as well. Offensively, this has a chance to be the greatest offense in Ole Miss history, period. They have a chance to put up the most points. They have a chance to be the most explosive. They have a chance to be just the team that can do whatever they want to on the offensive side of the ball. They have, that is their potential. That is their ceiling offensively. Their ceiling is the greatest Ole Miss offense in the history of Ole Miss. Which tells me, and should tell everybody, how far this team goes will depend on what they do defensively. That will be the important thing. I think Pete Golding is going to be the dude, and the longer he stays at Ole Miss, the better they're going to get. And Suntarian Perkins added to that linebacker room, they have a chance to be a bunch of dudes. Defensive line-wise, they have a chance to be really solid, and they have a ton of bodies on the back end. But, but, if they don't gel, if they mix up, if there's a problem, a game like this Auburn game I'm going to talk about um, could potentially happen. Anyway, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Yes, Bird Dogs are back. And they make these beautiful, great fitting that make your legs look awesome, sculpted fit out of stretchy fabric that is sweat whipping and wicking and anti-stink. And most people that watch this show realize what I went through a few years ago and I have to go for walks. Even in this hot Florida sun, I have to get out there and go for walks because if I don't, I get wobbly. And the important thing is, cotton shorts and everything, they're made out of this rigid material. They're just not good for walking. And if you, and <clears throat> it's a self-teaching tool wearing the correct shorts when exercising. If you, don't, if you don't believe me, put on a pair of swim trunks and walk a mile. You'll be neosporing something serious after that is over. So I wear my bird dogs, the stretchy fabric, the liner, the whole nine yards. It's simply the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on, period. And honestly, I look forward to my walk in the sweltering 110 degree Florida heat at the, in the afternoon because of how comfortable it is. Now, this is the kicker though, by the way. 
All of this is going on, all good things, but you can go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word. You can see it on the overlay for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's right. That's birddogs.com slash college. Promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Seriously. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Every dayers, we are working to get Maurice Davis. We're going to see if it happens. He's scheduled, but technology could always happen. That's going in the future, and our game-by-game look at the season is there as we work towards SEC Media Days. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. So this is really, really, really important, okay? Ole Miss just had the highest position player drafted under Mike Bianco. Went 15 to the White Sox. And I, I'm i going to miss Jacob Gonzalez as a player. I, I, just, I just am. I, I, I think... I, th- I think I think he's probably the best position player to ever come through Ole Miss, and I understand Stephen Head. I understand like Seth Smith, all of those guys, Brian Petway, the dudes that have come through Ole Miss. It's it's immense. I get that. David Delucci, everything. I, yes, I get all of that. But when it came to certain players, he stood out. He actually stood out, and he going to 15 to the White Sox, and I'd seen him as high as 5 to the Twins and as low as 15 to the White Sox, um, but everybody kind of thought maybe he'd end up at the Marlins, but that, that's another thing altogether. Jacob Gonzalez going to the White Sox is actually a pretty decent fit. I mean, they have Tim Anderson now that's on the Major League system, but there's rumors of whether or not he is happy where he is. Jacob Gonzalez has a chance to be the dude in that organization, and it is the same organization that Tim Elko is in as well. So really important stuff, and also really important for Ole Miss is um, the Urso kid from Tampa. Looks like he's not coming to Ole Miss per Twitter. Uh, It's bouncing around the Internet as I'm recording this. I'm not exactly versed on it, but it looks like he may not be coming to Ole Miss, which means – the shortstop position at Ole Miss could be iffy as well. Now, do want to let you know also that Kemp Alderman went at like 47. He went to the Miami Marlins. Um, they drafted him in the second round. Everybody on the Major League Draft broadcast talked about the power that this kid had. Everybody knows how power, how much power he has. But apparently at the MLB Combine, he just basically put on an excellent velocity show. And so, again... The team that had the what was it the Canapolis Cannonballers or whatever where Tim Elko played this offseason, they've got another one coming to A ball that could hit another 20 home runs while it's going on as well. Well, no, they don't. No, they don't. That Jacob Gonzalez could hit about 20 home runs for the Cannonballers. The Florida Marlins have somebody that could do that as well. So we have some long balls happening. Got the minor league affiliates mixed up there for a second. But if you look at the players that get drafted and everything's going on, we still have to see. Ole Miss had two commits go in the first two rounds, so those guys are probably gone. We need to pay attention. I think Ole Miss has a uh, Pratt 
is a shortstop commit, it becomes a must that Ole Miss keeps that kid. If he gets drafted, if he goes pro, it could be a problem. Um, it seriously could be a problem. But the Urso kid not not coming to Ole Miss is is the thing. That that again, that's reported on Twitter. I don't know the veracity of it. It's while I'm recording this, I saw that. So I just wanted to bring it up real quick um, so everybody knew what was going on. Anyway, when we come back, we will talk about the Ole Miss-Auburn Tigers game, all the weirdness that's going to go on that week. Ole Miss has, I think, an off week before Auburn in that game, and they've got Vanderbilt after it. So Ole Miss will probably be fairly up. The schedule, it hits in a good place on the schedule. So there's a chance Ole Miss could absolutely walk in there and boat race them but there's a chance that this gets weird and I'll explain whenever we come back. Stick around. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there, please. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as my everydayers know, it's Ole Miss every day. We're pretty big on that and want to have a good time. Anyway, so... This is time for Auburn Preview. I am Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. And we're going to look at the Auburn Tigers game today. And this this game has a chance to be a massively weird game. Think Ole Miss versus Tommy Tuberville in 1998 in reverse. If you're an Ole Miss fan watching that. If you're an Auburn fan, think about what it was like to lose that game. That That is what this game has the potential to be. This is a game that I have been told repeatedly that Hugh Freeze is already circling on his calendar as the game that we must win this game. And the schedule falls weird for Auburn, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And that's the reason I don't know if they can actually pull off this, but they're going to try to. There's a chance that this could get really, really weird. And... One way to look at it, all right, is you look at the offensive side of the ball for the Auburn Tigers. I had a preview thing talking about the introductory to Hugh Freeze and all of that. It just, for whatever reason, didn't make it over whenever I started recording, so I don't have time to upload it now. But it talked all about Hugh Freeze against Alabama at Ole Miss in 2014 and 2015 and then 2016. And that was the whole lead to the Auburn preview was about what Hugh Freeze did against Alabama at Ole Miss. So Hugh Freeze got paid off of those two games. Nobody make any mistake about that. So, and you look at the offense, it's like, hey, Hugh Freeze knows offense. Yes, he does. And the former Tulsa head coach and Baylor offensive coordinator, Philip Montgomery, who coached Tulsa last year, knows offense as well. So between the two, I don't know how much... Philip Montgomery is going to get to call the offense, how much he's going to have his hands in it, or is this a situation where Hugh Freeze is just going to run the show? We have to wait for the season to see how that plays out. They, Auburn has some good wide receivers. You don't know them, but they have some pretty good wide receivers. I think an Ohio State guy transferred there during the portal. And Robbie Ashford's still around, and TJ Finley is gone. Neither one of them are probably going to take over this season. If you look at the defensive side of the ball, 
Ron Roberts is the defensive coordinator. He is the Baylor defensive coordinator when Ole Miss played in the Sugar Bowl in 2021. We all got witness. Now, Auburn doesn't have a Jalen Petrie on that side of the ball. Not yet. But it's the same same person that was able to scheme something that worked so well against Ole Miss's offense. I realize Ole Miss had a backup quarterback through most of that game. But remember, before Matt Corral got hurt, that defense was giving him problems as well. It isn't going to make twice, quite the impact on the defensive side as the offensive side. I think that's just the way that Ron Roberts works, honestly. Um, really good defensive coordinator. He's a Delta State guy. He's a Dave Aranda guy. That that tree, okay? Heck, you can Auburn that Pete Golding is in that Delta State tree. Now, the key to the Auburn season is to take care of the football on offense. Now, I, from my understanding, for whatever reason, Hugh Freeze is not a Robbie Ashford guy. I think Peyton Thorne is going to be the guy this season for Auburn. I think they have some weapons on the outside, and they have a decent little running back. Jarquez Hunter, good back. So I think that Auburn could be a decent team. But if we look at this realistically, and we're, and we're doing reality of this, the place of the two programs between Ole Miss and Auburn is real similar to the way Auburn is what Ole Miss used to be and Auburn, Ole Miss is, is what Auburn used to be. So Ole Miss beat Auburn a few times. And it happened. But it was an upset. It's a situation where if Auburn wins the game, it's an upset. And that was the case in 2021 when Matt Corral got hurt and all the receivers were out. Auburn was able to win the game. That was probably the biggest win that season for the Auburn Tigers. I think Ole Miss was a touchdown favorite. It was about morphing and changing over the roster. So, if you look at the best, biggest transfers in, they got a defensive lineman from Kentucky. They didn't lose a defensive end to Purdue. But I don't think that is the top transfer. It might be the most talented transfer. It's not the top transfer. The next player that we talk about is going to be the key player, and that's Peyton Thorne, transfer in from Michigan State. Listen, they're, they're still going to play the um, quarterback competition game, but if, as we remember when Chad Kelly was competing with Ryan Buchanan and Devontae Kincaid, Hugh Freeze is willing to play games in that situation. Auburn needs to take care of the football. If you turn over the football, you lose games, and they found that out, and they have found that out over the last few years. Now, if you look at Auburn's schedule, September 30th, they have Georgia in Jordan-Hare. September 14th, after the off week, to get ready for LSU, they go to Baton Rouge. So the probably the two most talented teams in the Southeastern Conference, potentially, are the two games that immediately precede Ole Miss. And there is going to be bumps and bruises. We all know about the factor of playing Alabama. Whenever you do that, they're going to beat you up. Um, the same thing is happening with Georgia. I mean, good thing they have an off week. It's weird seeing Auburn play Georgia in September, by the way. Um, then they get LSU. LSU has some dudes as well. Just it, it's going to be kind of impressive there. Then they get to go play Ole Miss in Jordan-Hare. Now, I do think that game has a chance to be outside of football. All of the zoo-like atmosphere that we can imagine. I'm expecting that game to be 7 o'clock at night. Jordan-Hare at night is an extremely difficult place to play. 
And I do think that they are going to be up for it. You're going to have Hugh Freeze give his speech about lock the gate and let's pick a fight. And all of the stuff that he did in year one, he's going to try to do again. Now, remember, in year one, when he took over Ole Miss, Auburn came to town. Now, Auburn was in a horrible season. That was Gene Chiswick's last year. But by the time they played, it wasn't quite there yet. But it was a game that Auburn was expected to win, and Ole Miss was just coming off a two-win season on their way to a 6-6 six and six that they you know, built a statue to. Ole Miss kind of took it to them that day. A game that they weren't expected to do that because this is before Auburn everything fell apart. They were going through it. I think Bo Wallace like caught, ran, and threw for a touchdown pass. That was the weird Jeff Scott play to where was he down, was he not, that type of stuff. Ole Miss ended up winning the game like 42-21 to 21 or something like that. So these are type games that can get weird. And I, I, I think that Lane Kiffin always seems to win a game that he's not supposed to win and is always going to lose a game that he's not supposed to lose. And if you look at the matchup predictor from the FPI, Ole Miss is at like a 66% chance of winning on the road at Jordan-Hare. That's an astronomically high thing. And the reason they do that is because Ole Miss has a better football team than the Auburn Tigers. Now, they might not next year or the year after, but they do this year. There's not really any way you can get around that. And all the analytics say that this should be a win. And this is a game that Ole Miss is probably going to go in and be favored by seven points. Seven to ten points, they'll be favored in that game. And all of this is going to happen. Auburn gets to play the underdog thing, which they will be doing for three straight weeks at this time. And it'll be completely jazzed up. And it'll be nuts. And 7 o'clock at night. And like I said, lock the, lock the gate and pull. let's pick a fight. And I think Auburn's, I think this is the game that is going to get away from Ole Miss. I, I, I genuinely do just because of all the extenuating circumstances, all the magic that Hugh Freeze is going to push, and he's going to funnel it to that, I think he desperately wants to beat the Ole Miss Rebels. Period. Not even close. He desperately wants to beat the Ole Miss Rebels. So all the stops are going to get pulled out in that game. And as you can see, you got Georgia still on the schedule, so 9-3 and three is still a possibility. But the schedule after Arkansas – other than that, at Georgia. Take, take out that out Georgia through line. The second half of the schedule is not difficult. You got an Auburn team you beat last year, a Vandy team you beat last year, a Texas A&M team you beat last year, a ULM team you beat last year, and a Mississippi State team that you'll be favored over. You just have that Georgia game. So we'll see how I think Ole Miss is going to close out the season, but – the season kind of opens up for them after the Auburn game. I just I know that one of those games are going to get away from Lane Kiffin, and I think it's going to be Auburn because of all, all the outside type stuff that is going to be going on. It, there, there's really no way that you can get around that. It, it just happens from time to time. But with the explosive offense, I think the defense is going to pretty consistently get better. I, this was a year that I wish we played Alabama closer to the end of the season than the beginning because the defense is going to have to gel a little bit. And I like the way this schedule is lining up for Ole Miss after this game. 
I think Ole Miss can win this game. I think Ole Miss should win this game. I think that all the extra stuff is going to jump up and bite Ole Miss in the butt, and I do think Lane Kiffin generally drops a game a year that he's not supposed to. So, anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Every day is we're working on an interview with Maurice Davis. We have more game previews. All of that as we go towards SEC Media Days. The three player reps for SEC Media Days, DeAndre Prince, Quinshawn Judkins, and Cedric Johnson. Really good ambassadors for Ole Miss there. Pretty fired up to hear what they have to say. I want to hear what Lane has to say. I'm already in the system to check out everything that is going on. Should be really, really fun. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, until tomorrow, we'll talk to you then. Hotty toddy.